Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff. Are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The volume. What's up, guys? Welcome back to Three Rounds with Daniel Cormier. Hey, the new year started, and the fights are back, baby. Look, guys, I love time away from the fight game. I love the holidays, but I'm ready to watch some dudes get inside of an octagon, throw some hands, and somebody wins, somebody loses. I'm glad the fights are back. I can't wait to this weekend. But my fight starts right now. So let's go. I'm going to show yeah. you. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm experienced. Round one. Will Aljamain Sterling actually fight Henry Cejudo? This week, Aljamain Sterling came out on his YouTube channel saying that a fight before March isn't realistic because he has a torn bicep. Now, he's had this torn bicep for the last two training camps is what he said. When you're the champion, everybody's listening to everything that you're going to say. Aljo has his own platform. Aljo has the ability to control the narrative of what he has going on in his life, going on in his career, going on in the fight game. When he said that March wasn't realistic, this isn't nothing new. If you guys recall, after he beat... TJ Dillashaw, Aljo said he'd be gone for a while. And me and Ryan were talking on my show on ESPN. And I said, if the UFC saying around March, I'm thinking Aljo's going to fight around March. Next thing you know, bam, people feel like Aljo's fighting Henry in March. Unfortunately, he's probably going to take a stand now. Because if for two training camps, he's had a torn bicep. Hey, he beat Piotr Jan with that torn bicep, avenging what was a catastrophic fight, the way that he was able to become the champion, but the domination that he was getting put on him leading up to the disqualification that ultimately got him the belt and started what was for Aljo a horrible, horrible start to a championship reign. He may not admit this openly and publicly, but I can tell you, Aljamain Sterling didn't like the way it felt when people were attacking him and the way that people were uh, calling him not the champion and everything. Look, I started calling him champ because to me, 
he had the belt. I won the belt when the guy got disqualified from the from the competition. I was the champion. I wanted to be called the champion. Aljo went so far as to tell me, hey, call me Aljo. He didn't want to be called champ. And I don't know if maybe that's something he wants to be called by his name or if this is something that had to do with him not feeling as if he had earned that championship in the way that he wanted to. We were in New York City. I called him champ again. He kind of looked at me and smiled, but didn't go so far as to say, hey, don't call me champ. You know what I'm saying? So now he's kind of falling into that groove. And why wouldn't he? I mean, dude's dominating. And he was dominating TJ Dillashaw. And I'm telling you guys right now, even if TJ Dillashaw wasn't injured, Aljamain Sterling was going to beat him. But he doesn't feel like he can go right now. And honestly, to go right now against a guy like Henry Cejudo, when you're not ready, that is not good. Because Cejudo is so thorough in his preparation that even though you might feel like he can be a joke at times, he can be cringe at times, this dude is a winner of the highest caliber and he will put himself in a situation or a position where he's ready to dethrone Aljamain Sterling. And I feel like Aljamain Sterling needs to be 110% if he's going to fight the former double champion, Henry Cejudo. Obviously, other people start chiming in. Sean O'Malley chimed in. Said that if Aljo Comey, he called him Aljo Comey, which is pretty funny and clever. I'll be honest. I'll give it to you. It's weird how they've turned Aljamain's name into all these other things. Cejudo calls him Aljalane, Aljalane. This guy calls him Aljo Comey. Like, they're kind of messing with that man's name. I'd much rather be called champion. Chito Vera said, we don't have a champ. O'Malley said he'd fight Cejudo if Aljo's unavailable. I'm in on that one. Don't do an interim, though. Don't do an interim title. Aljamain Sterling's the champion. He deserves time because he's been active. And he's fought everyone. Whoever they put in front of him, he fights. And honestly, he needs to be the one to fight Cejudo because it takes away all the question from the disqualification against Piotr Jan to beating the guy in... Uh, T.J. Dillashaw, who left as the champion once he got suspended, to beating another guy in Henry Cejudo who was the champion whenever he walked away from the game. It's all out there for Aljamain Sterling, but it sounds like the champ is taking a stand with the torn bicep, so I don't think we'll see him in the octagon anytime soon as we get to the last 10 seconds of round one. He's a real champ now. You can't doubt the funk master. And if you're not prepared, this dude will drag you into deep waters. I cannot wait to see him back in the octagon. Be 100% healthy, though, if you got to fight Henry Cejudo. All right, round two. Now it's time for me to get back. Some get back. And I invited him on the show. He didn't want to come, though. He ran. He ran. But I look on the internet, and this dude over here talking. He talking, he called, he said, I'm out of my damn mind. He said, I'm this, I'm this, I'm this. He coming straight at the boy. He coming at me. I'm talking about the one and only handsome Dean Thomas. I see Dean Thomas sitting back. He relaxing as he talking. DC out of his damn mind if he thinks that Alexander Volkanovsky beating Islam Mahachev is an upset. Guys, when I said this, I was very... Thorough in my explanation that 
as the number one pound for pound fighter in the world, it's hard to think you winning a fight is an upset. But I believe that the other guy is pound for pound number one. That's why I said it. And you're the smaller guy going up in division to take on a guy that has been so dominant. Dean Thomas is talking, though. He says he believes and totally disagrees with it being one of the biggest UFC upsets over Islam. Guys, the matchup is very fun. That's why it's made. And the matchup's very competitive or should be competitive due to the skill level of Alexander Volkanovsky. He is as skilled as they come. And you can see it. It, it is on the forefront of the camps. Even the Mahachev camp, they're very aware of how tough this challenge is. Nobody's looking past it. This is me separating myself from the friendship and everything else and looking at just the X's and the O's. And I think to myself, wow, very difficult for Alexander Volkanovsky. But guess what? When I had the opportunity to go to, to heavyweight to fight Stipe, very big undertaking. Cejudo going up, down, sorry. Very big undertaking. Any person that's chased something great understands the risk, they understand the reward, and they understand the challenges in front of them. Nobody's over here sitting saying that I don't believe that Alexander has a chance. I do believe he has a chance. I believe that Alexander Volkanovsky is as good as anyone in the world on any given night. I just think that in the matchup, there's a problem. But for Dean Thomas to go up there and talk about this, this, and the other, hey, Dean, all you got to do is answer the Zoom call, bro. I've called this man, Dean Thomas, 10 times on Zoom trying to get him to come here and debate me about this topic or any other topic. Dean Thomas, I'm here, baby. Usually... Dean and I are pretty cool to win, so we gang up on Laura. You know, like, we 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 stick together. It's very weird that Dean coming for the king. You coming for the king, Dean? Guys, maybe it isn't the biggest upset in UFC history. Maybe that was a bit of a hyperbole. It might have been a bit of a stretch, okay? It might have been a bit of a stretch. But can you really look at that and think that the smaller guy, going up, beating the bigger guy is not an upset. The bigger guy is supposed to win because even though I won, it was an upset, right? I was the underdog, as will Alexander the Great. But when Alexander Volkanovsky walks to that octagon on that night, he will have the utmost belief that he is going to get the job done. No doubt in his mind. But it's going to be extremely difficult. But he knows that. It's the only reason he's doing that. These fighters are wired differently. They see things differently. They live differently. Nothing is normal with these guys outside of family. Everything else is extreme. So when you see a hill that you want to climb, the fighter sees that hill and goes, I'll go over that hill to get to the next one, the bigger one. That is why he is chasing down this fight with Islam Makhachev. He could just stay at 145 right now, and I don't see anyone that can challenge him in this moment, especially after the fight against Max Holloway, who I believe is still 
the second best featherweight in the world. He wants bigger. He wants greater. And if he gets greater, I stand by my word, Dean Thomas, he'll be one of the bigger upsets in UFC history. But all you got to do, my friend, answer the Zoom call, Dean. Let's do this, baby. Let's go. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough, that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my this idea of what do is that is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know. Okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Yep, let's roll. Let's roll. Come on, Brian, hit the clock. I'm flowing. It's round three. I done got up off the stool and I'm ready to go. Gilbert Burns has gone on record and gives the edge to Leon Edwards in the Usman trilogy. That's not a very familiar take. He went on record saying, I give a little more edge to Leon just because of the way that he won. He told that to our good friends at MMA Junkie Radio. And being at home with no elevation, not like in Salt Lake City, with that elevation, I give him a little bit more of an edge. It's a very close fight, but I give the edge to Leon Edwards. We're talking about the champion. Leon Edwards is the champ. But not many people are picking this dude to beat Kamaru Usman. Now, Dorino gave some great points. Dorino made some statements that I myself hadn't even thought about a little bit. 
Was the elevation to play a part in the way that Leon Edwards won the fight? Or was it a hindrance to the champion? Because it seemed as though Edwards slowed down in the middle of the fight. Remember how quickly he started in that round one? Took Usman down, controlled Usman on the ground, and won that round pretty convincingly. But then Kamaru started to do what Kamaru Usman does. And that's just work you over. Whether it be with the wrestling, whether it be with the fight, with the striking, whether it's his cardio and conditioning, he usually just kind of breaks these guys down. But there is no elevation in England, in London. It ain't like Salt Lake. I've seen elevation take some of the biggest men in the world and turn them into normals. The immortal, they've turned them into mortals. I saw Cain Velasquez run out of gas in Mexico City. I thought I would never in my life see anything like it. But the elevation makes cowards of us all. I used to go to the Olympic Training Center. And for the first week, I would feel like I was carrying another man on my back. So, yeah, that plays a factor. But did that play a factor in Kamaru Usman slowing down? Because he didn't seem to slow down. So why does Gilbert put emphasis on it? If there was one point that he made that may benefit him, it's that he's at home, being in London, being the fan favorite, being the guy that everybody show up to see, and carrying that confidence of being the champion. Leon Edwards hasn't lost for a very long time. Last person to beat him is Kamaru Usman. But then after the fight, the second fight, you see that guy laying on his back in the middle of the octagon. How much confidence does that give Leon Rocky Edwards? How good does he feel then heading into the, his first title defense? Huh. I get it, Dorino, but a favorite? A favorite? The odds will still put Kamaru Usman as the guy that's supposed to walk out of the octagon as the champion. And if you watch, they're 24 minutes and 30, 24 minutes and 20 seconds of the fight. You feel like Usman was the better fighter. But they say you fight the entire time. And Rocky Edwards showed that as long as there's time on the clock, you can get the job done. And the confidence that comes with that cannot be understated. Can't be understated. Top boy. That's what they say Leon Edwards looks like. Top boy or some shit like that. A show off Netflix. Watch it. Leon Edwards is the man. He always has been, though. He's always been an extremely talented mixed martial artist that should have gotten a chance against anyone in the world. But he's been overlooked forever. Gilbert Burns said, I don't know what the end of 2023 looks like in my weight class. Doesn't know what happens with Hamzat, but feels... Like he's right there with Bilal Muhammad. Doesn't have any idea what happens with Kobe Covington. He doesn't know who'll be the champion. Can't control that. All he can control, though, is he wants to be in the mix. He wants to be ready. He has to take care of Neil Magny, though. Take care of Neil Magny, and then he'll fight whoever, whenever. This is the guy that stepped up to fight Hamzat when nobody wanted a part of it. So when Gilbert Burns talks, I listen because I respect that dude. But to say a favorite, after watching that fight, I don't know if maybe this is his inexperience at this talking for him. But, hey, maybe Dorino looks like a genius after uh, the March pay-per-view. I guess we'll see. And now for my final thought. 
the PFL and Bellator doing tournaments. I love it. I absolutely love it. I love how they are turning these young fighters, these guys, men and women, who may have flamed out of the UFC into millionaires. I love that for them. I love that opportunity and that ability to go and make life-changing money away from the UFC. Got some big fights coming, too. We get to see Usman Nurmagomedov take on Benson Henderson. Right away, we find out how real this kid is. I believe he's real. But yes, I'm all for the tournaments. I'm all for making millionaires. So hats off to the PFL and Bellator. You guys are doing a great job. Keep blessing these young athletes with life-changing money. It's exciting. Till next time, guys, like, subscribe, tell your friend to tell a friend DC has a YouTube channel. Check out my three rounds. Peace. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff. Are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling With Freddy? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one -on -one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling With Freddy on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.